to Save Six Figures with Gina Knox, the podcast where I coach you on how to save $100,000 by optimizing your cash flow. Hello, my lovely savers, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm going to talk to you guys about how I became a financial coach. I'm going to tell you guys my story, how I went from going to art school, graduating art school, working in the tech and design world to being a financial coach that you are listening to now. So whether you've heard this story or not, if you're new to my world, welcome. Um, I want to take you behind the scenes on this story because I realized I have told this story on other people's podcasts, but I have never told this story on my own. And what a shame. So we're going to go back in time a little bit today and talk about that especially because I don't come from a traditional financial background. I don't, you know, like I'm not a accountant. I'm not a certified financial planner. I don't have, I didn't go to business school or finance degree school. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, And so I think that it's some interesting context, especially if you've never worked with me before or you're new to the podcast, it gives you context for why I think the way I think and why I coach the way I coach. So Let's go back in time to 2016. I graduated college from California College of the Arts in San Francisco, and I had graduated with a degree in interaction design. Now, when I started my interaction design program in 2012, we were one of two bachelor's degrees in the country you could get in interaction design. It was a very, very new field. Most of the degrees that were like mine were for graduate students and nobody knew what it meant. And it was such a fun space to be in because we were learning the design thinking process. We were learning how to take a customer's problem, understand that problem, create design solutions, and then go through the iteration process prototype and test our design and then continue working on it. And really what my degree did was it got me ready to work in the tech world, in the design world and work as a UX designer, experience designer, product designer. There's lots of different titles for what I am skilled and qualified to do. And it was a very, very hands-on learning environment. So in art school, I got a BFA, a Bachelor's of Fine Arts. It is a project-based curriculum, not a theory-based curriculum. So we're constantly doing things, doing projects, all the stuff. And I graduated. I had a job at a tech company. And I had been an intern at that tech company for two years while I was in school. And I remember just about the time I was going to graduate, my manager asked me, where do you see your career going? And it was like the first time anybody had ever asked me that question. And I remember pausing and thinking about it for a moment. And I just so vividly remember this day, we were sitting in this little courtyard outside in between the Deloitte building and the 101 Second Street building on Mission Street in San Francisco. It was sometime, I think in the spring, the the trees were just starting to bud. And I just remember saying, I want to work in fintech, financial technology. I want to work in fintech. I think I want to work in the finance world. I'm really interested in that. And where that interest came from was a really, really powerful experience that I had the April prior. So the April prior, I 
had to do my taxes for the first time in my life. And I was so afraid of doing it wrong. Like I remember just being terrified. I remember calling my dad and being like, what do I do? I don't know how to do this. What's a W2? Like, and and looking back, I'm like, that was the most simple tax return I've ever done in my life. How was I so afraid? My taxes are so much more complicated now, but I was just so freaked out because I'd never done it before. And doing my own taxes, it very much felt like this big black box. And it felt like the stakes were really high because if I messed up, well, then the IRS is going to come for me, right? Like high stakes, low education, recipe for disaster. And my dad said, Gina, just use TurboTax. You'll be fine. So I went and found TurboTax. I logged in. I did the online version. And I remember the immense feeling of relief and calm when I went through TurboTax that very first time. I remember feeling like I was being guided and held through the experience of doing my own taxes when I was so afraid. I remember feeling like TurboTax is taking me step-by-step through this process, this very, very scary process of, of filing my taxes for the first time. They're making it so simple. They're asking me each individual question. Anytime, like if I didn't know the answer, there was help text there. Like I just remember feeling that was an excellent experience. And from a design perspective, because I'd been in design school, that was a like A plus design experience. The designers of TurboTax took a very emotional problem that I had and they made me feel calm and safe. That is so powerful. So when my manager asked, where do you see your career going? I was like, I want to work in fintech because I want to help other people feel that way. I want to help other people who are scared out of their minds about whatever it is, feel calm. And I just, I so believed in the power of good design to help a customer do that, right? I believed in the power of design to help people feel less scared about their money. So I remember when I had said that to my manager, I got thinking like, okay, if I, okay, Gina, if I want to work in fintech, then I have to like try and work in fintech. (laughs) Like I can't stay at this company that I'm at. I need to go find a job in fintech. So I, I started with Intuit because Intuit is the makers of TurboTax. And I was like, well, they're obviously doing something well, right? Like I just had this really great experience with TurboTax. Let me see if Intuit is nearby. I was in the Bay. There's so many tech companies in the Bay, like maybe they have jobs. So I looked them up and I found out that Intuit was going to be at a career fair that was held at my school. And at the time, my office for the company I was working at was downtown San Francisco on Mission and 2nd Street. And my school was down in the design district, which was about, I'd say like a 10 minute Uber drive. And I remember being like, okay, I'm gonna take an hour for lunch. I'm gonna jump in an Uber. I'm gonna go to my school. I'm gonna just go to the Intuit table. I'm gonna ignore all the other companies at the career fair. And then I'm gonna talk to them. And then I'm gonna make it back to work in time so that I've only taken an hour for lunch. So I printed out my resume, I did that, I went, and there were tons and tons of booths, tons and tons of people, and I saw the Intuit table and there was no one in line. Like Google had a line of students waiting to talk to the representatives. Adobe had a line of students. Intuit was just chilling. There were two people there. 
They didn't have a line. I went straight up to them and I went, hi, my name is Gina Knox. I really want to work for you. And I remember the person looked at me and was like, you know who we are? And I'm like, yes. And I told them the exact same story I just told you. I said, I want to work for a company that helps people feel the way I felt the first time I went through TurboTax. I want to help people not feel so scared and anxious and stressed about money. And I want to work for you guys because that is what you do. That's what you did for me. And I want to work for you. And I just like chatted that person up. I was like, here's why I should work. (laughs) I just went really, really hard. And they said, okay. um, So the TurboTax team is in San Diego, but the QuickBooks team is in Mountain View in the peninsula, which is about an hour away from San Francisco. And we can put you in touch with our, you know, career people, whatever. And I just kept going back and forth and back and forth with them. And I kept berating them until they hired me. And finally, I did get hired on a team that was called Innovation Practices at the time. I was a design researcher. A a design researcher is a fancy way of saying I talked to their customers to make sure that I understood what their problems were so that we on the design team could solve their problems instead of solving what we assumed their problems were, right? We really need to get intimate with how people are doing things in order to design good solutions for them. So my whole job was to interview accountants and CFOs and small business owners and self-employed people and gig workers and the whole gamut. So that was my very first job at Intuit. And I stayed at Intuit for five years. That's the last job I've had. Um, I actually got to, this is a side note, I got to go back to the Intuit campus in Mountain View just a couple weeks ago um, because I was visiting a friend and it was so lovely and kind of a time warp. It was such a trippy time warp to be back. But I remember just feeling like, this is my life's work. I want to help people with their money. And I still adhere to that mission. Like I, I'm so happy that I still get to be in the financial sphere because to me, this is the thread throughout my career, regardless of the manifestation of that thread, right? There have been times where I was a design researcher. There were times where I was a product designer. I'm a money coach now, who knows what I'll be next. But I think that there's just this common thread of being interested in helping people not feel so shitty about their money. So How do we go from Intuit to financial coach now? Well, I have always had an interest in personal finance. I've always had an interest in learning how to invest and building wealth and making sure that I understood my 401k, right? Because at Intuit, we got so many employee benefits, which was generous and amazing. And I was trying to figure out how they worked, right? How does the 401k work? What are the tax implications? How does the ESPP program work, which is employee stock purchase plan, where as an employee, you get to purchase company stock at a discount. How do the taxes work on that? How do the RSUs work, the restricted stock unit grants that you get? Um, How do the taxes work on that? Like I spent hours on irs.gov and just reading about all of these things. And eventually my friends started asking me about it. My friends who worked with me at Intuit, like, hey, how does the thing work again? Or, you know, we would come to an enrollment period. What percentage should I put? And I just remember being kind of the the person that would talk about this stuff a lot with my friends at work. And we began to have a, what we called YNAB and wine night. YNAB stands for you need a budget and it's a budgeting tool that I really, really loved at the time. I still like it. I just don't use it as much. And 
we had a, a Wednesday night wine night where we would talk about money, talk about stocks, talk about our budgets. And from there, I was like, I really enjoy this. There's something about this that I'm really enjoying. And I'm almost enjoying it more than my own work at this point. And I remember talking to one of my friends who was part of that group and saying, I don't know where my career is going, but I feel like there's something happening. And she's like, you should be a financial coach. I had never even heard of the coaching industry. I didn't know what this whole industry was. And she's like, why don't you be a financial coach? And then she goes, I'll be your first client. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. And I had no idea what coaching was. I, all I knew was that like, I could help her figure something out. So we set up her being my first client and we set up weekly meetings where we would go through budgeting. We would go through saving. We would go through her investments and all these different things. And she was my very first client. And from there I was like, this is a thing. This isn't just, this doesn't just have to be a weekly wine night with my friends. This could be a thing. And I don't know what that thing is yet. I have one client who's just a friend and I've never done this before. And I just started devouring information about what it was to be a financial coach, how to, how to help people with their money stuff. And I remember she had saved over a hundred thousand dollars. We had set up a fund for her to pay for her wedding. Meanwhile, she was single at this time. She didn't even have a boyfriend. And, um, we talked about budgeting for her trips to Europe and all these things. And this is just a side note, but I got a text a couple months ago from her saying, Hey, I'm able to pay for my six figure wedding in full because of the work we did together back then. And I'm like, wow, (laughs) she was my very first client. Um, and from there it just took off. It, I mean, it didn't take off right away. Not at all. In fact, <laughs> in fact, it took a couple of years of me dragging my feet to figure it all out. But I, once I had that first client, then I started going to networking events. I started telling people I'm a money coach, which was so bizarre. <laughs> and I started getting clients and it grew from there. And then in 2020, when the lockdown happened, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and take this seriously. I started my Instagram account. I started selling one-on-one coaching a lot more heavily. And a couple months later, Six Figure Saver was born. Six Figure Saver came out in 2020. It was a six-week course, live course for women in tech. Um, and it's changed so much. We've kept the name, obviously. But that's how I went from going to art school to being a financial coach. It's just been this journey. And I really think like I say this so cheesily, it's so corny, whatever, just cringe and move on. But I'm like, this is my life's work. This has been my life's work from the moment I went to that career fair and I said, hey, I want to work for you. I want to help people not feel so shitty about money. I want to help people feel the way you help me feel. And I really believe that my career will always come back to helping people with money in some shape or form, whether I, you know, stay a a money coach this way for the next 20 years, whether I have another business, another career, I just know that it is my life's work to help people not feel so bad about money. And there's so many ways I I'm privileged to get to do that, right? I have Six Figure Saver, my pride and joy, (laughs) where we help 
entrepreneurs with variable income save their first $1,000, then $10,000, then $100,000 in business reserves. I have my mastermind now, Seven Figure Wealth, where we talk about building wealth. I'm actually, as I'm recording this, this next Saturday, we're hosting um, clients from Seven Figure Wealth in Austin, Texas for a retreat. Uh, I've worked with people one-on-one. I get to do speaking. Like I am so privileged that this gets to be my work. And it really started because I just followed a hunch, right? I just followed a hunch. I had a terrible experience doing my taxes. And then I was like guided and held by TurboTax through the process. And it really like, it's crazy to think that that has been a launching point in my entire career. Like me finding TurboTax led me here. So that's my story. That's how we went from art school to financial coach. Um, I think that there's a couple actually key things I want to touch on before, before I let you go. Going to design school, working in tech, working as a designer, 100% informs how I coach. As a financial coach without a traditional financial background, I don't, I think that a lot of traditional finance people talk in jargon, they talk above your head, they make things more complicated than they really need to be. They're not a very, they're not very good at distilling their dense information into something that is approachable and understandable. And I think that's where I shine. I think that I am really grateful that I have a design background, not a financial background, because I talk about money in a way that's understandable. I try not to use jargon. I try not to talk above your head. I try not to even give you all the ridiculously granular details that sometimes my financial um, advisor gives me. And I'm like, that's way too much. You're doing way too much. (laughs) And, And I also approach every client's money problem as a design problem. My design motto is that the more constraints we have, the better the design will be because when you have constraints, I like to think about constraints as like a box. This is the box I have. When you have a clearly defined box, it's easy to think outside the box versus when you have no box, it's like looking at a blank canvas. When you're looking at a blank canvas, it can be hard to think about what to paint, but when you have 10 constraints, it becomes easier to get innovative. That's how I view my clients' financial problems. It is a design problem. I am not afraid of all the constraints that you have. I'm not afraid of all of the mess. In fact, it's very exciting for me to think about taking your financial situation, viewing it as a design problem and getting creative with you, getting in there with you, because that's how I was trained. I was trained to not shy away from problems. I was trained to fall in love with problems. That's the whole designer's job. A designer is meant to fall in love with the problem more than they fall in love with their solution. Because the moment you fall in love with your solution, your ego gets involved and your judgment becomes clouded. It's very hard to innovate when you're in love with your solution. So I hope that by listening to this episode today, you've gotten to know me a bit better. You've gotten to understand my perspective a bit better. If you're new, hello. Lovely to meet you. Welcome. (laughs) Um, And yeah, and that's it for me today. Now, before I let you go, I've said that already. Before I let you go for real, for real, Six Figure Saver is opening for the final time this year on November 27th. So we have a couple weeks. Here's what I want you to know. We are giving away a wait list only bonus. 
So anyone who joins the waitlist for Six Figure Saver and then joins the program within the first 48 hours of our doors opening on the 27th will be invited to join me for a never before taught course. We're calling it the Keep It in the Bank live course. During this two hour live course with me and other waitlisters, you're gonna learn how to not only save at least one month's business expenses in your business savings, but how to keep it there. Because it's one thing to save some money, it's another thing to keep it there. So during this live course, we're gonna talk all about making sure your bank account is never, never, never at zero or near zero again. We're gonna make sure that you're always resourced financially in your business. And we're gonna do that together by workshopping it in our two hour live course. Now this course is only going to be given to those who join Six Figure Saver in the first 48 hours and join from the wait list. So we will drop the link in the show notes to our sales page for Six Figure Saver, or you can go to www.ginanox.co slash the number six dash figure dash saver. Um, and from the sales page, you can join the waitlist there. All right. So join the waitlist. We're opening November 27th for the final time this year. I'm so excited. We have more surprises coming soon, more announcements about that as well. And I will see you guys in the next episode. All right. Take it easy. 